0: Thanks for checking us out on the Ticats Audio Network. A, a little bit of a special presentation here for you as it is Combine Weekend down in Toronto. And earlier this week, the President of Football Operations and Head Coach, Orlando Steinauer, as well as Assistant GM and Director of Canadian Scouting, Drew Alamang, were made available to the media. And here is what they had to say earlier this week. Well, I think that the, the good thing here, Louis, is that... Uh... I'm surrounded with experience, kind of took the approach the same way we do with the coaching staff. I wasn't afraid to hire experienced people that knew more that had been doing it longer than I had uh, when it came to the coaching staff and kind of took the same approach uh, when it came to, you know, hiring people to really surround Drew and I. And that that was with experience. So it's been uh, I'm not going to say seamless, but everybody's been on top of it. They they really have. uh, We kind of got a vision. And uh, they've made it come to life. So uh, I've been the observant, to be honest with you, Louie, and they've been uh, knocking it out. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Um,
1: You know, coming in uh, the other day, you kind of had to remember how to to do the combine. Um, But, uh, you know, we're really excited to see see them all in one place, Uh, you know, from a competitive standpoint, see, you know, the best players all compete against one another. So looking forward to uh, the weekend. Thanks,
0: guys. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Next question, Dan
1: Ralph. Please go ahead, Dan. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Drew, if I may, if I could pick your brain a bit. Um, You have a player like Terrell Richards who hasn't played much. He didn't play any in 2021. How important is the combine for him in terms of opening eyes and showing people what he can do? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's important really for – for all players, but, uh, for his, his situation, it's, you know, a lot like some of the players last year that maybe didn't have a season, um, you know, just see what, what kind of, you know, what kind of shape he's in and, and, and see how he tests and everything like that. So I think it's, I think it's good for us to see him. Um, we also get to interview him and, and, uh, kind of take it from there. Are there any question marks behind his name just because of the fact he hasn't played since 2020? Uh, no, I mean, uh, we'll obviously look, look forward to interviewing him. Um, but, um, you know, I think, uh, I think we do have a number of games to watch from him from that year and, and they played later into November. So, you know, it's a fairly recent film, but it will be good to see him here competing with everyone else. Yeah. And, uh, last question, if I may, uh, how much is, how much weight will you put on his test results this weekend when you evaluate him? Um, you know, I think we put enough weight on anyone's test results, but it's not, not everything. I mean, I think it's important that they, they hit, uh, within a certain range for each position. Um, but, um, you know, it's, we've all seen it, you know, the best players sometimes don't test the best. So, you know, we'll wait it, but, um, it's not, you know, it's not like he has to come in here and, and be the top, uh, tester or something like that. Great. Thank you, gentlemen. And good afternoon, Orlando. Oh, nice, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Next question. Justin Dunk. Go
2: ahead, please. Did you guys know that this GM Kyle Dubis was a Ticat season ticket holder for over a decade?
0: I knew that he was a season ticket holder. I did not know the duration, Justin. No, I can't speak for Drew. I did
1: know. I, I follow him on uh, on Twitter and know some some people that know him and, and Scott McNaughton. Uh, that works in communications for the lease, uh, used to work with, with us for a long time. So I had a, a bit of a, a background, uh, with, with his, uh, uh, Ticat fandom.
2: You guys ever talk team building with him or anything like that?
0: The first time I actually met him in person, uh, Justin was, uh, just before the the heritage classic there. He was, I was in the weight room, uh, doing some things and, uh, he w- he came storming through there. So it was nice to with his son actually. And, uh, it was just nice to meet him. But I haven't I haven't spoken any team building personally with him. His first time I met him was uh, just inside a couple of weeks ago.
2: You yeah, the one interesting note that kind of came out of that is the Ticats have the longest drought without the Grey Cup in the CFL. The Leafs have the longest drought that the Stanley Cup in the NHL. So guys, kind of figuring it out together here. Is this the year for the Ticats and the Leafs?
0: That was a question. Um I don't I don't I don't know I don't I don't I don't have a response Justin you got me good job I like their uh, yellow and black uniforms
1: <laughs> there you go good answer I'll save the you. harder
2: ones for later
0: thank you yeah <laughs> thanks guys
1: thanks dunk next question Paul Friesen please go ahead hey guys uh just a big
0: picture question here just doing a quick poll uh big picture future of the CFL, uh, how sacred is three downs or, or is, are we at the point where we look at everything? Yeah. So I, I can just tell you, you know, what's come out of our meetings here is we've just really been focused on how to make our three down game better. To be honest with you, Paul, that's, that's exactly what it's been. And that in, includes the action of it and, and also the game flow. And so, um, there was you know, everything was discussed, to be honest with you, that's transparent. Everything was discussed, but I can tell you that 98% of the discussion was based upon making our three down game better and, and the response that we've gotten from fans and everybody else. Yeah, I'm looking out to see how personally everybody's married to three downs long term. Like, how do you feel about it? I don't, I don't have any comment on that. Like, I'm just, I'm just here to – whatever we play, I'm, I'm here to coach. So, yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. I don't, I don't, I'm not here to – I don't have an opinion on anything. Oh, okay. Drew?
1: Yeah, I don't have an opinion on it at
0: all. Wow, okay. Thanks
1: guys. Thank you. Thank you. Next question, Steve Milton, please go ahead. Hi guys,
2: Uh, it can be for either or both, Uh, and this may be more of a question for closer to the draft, but the the two are interrelated, Uh, the, the combine and the draft is Are you looking at, has there been any change in philosophy in the manner in which you look at the Canadians? I mean, are you looking at best player available and do you look at this weekend through those eyes? Or are you looking, I mean, you have some specific needs when I look at maybe depth at at Canadian uh, for this year. So do you look at it from that angle? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think... You know, we're you're always uh, obviously you'd like to address needs that you you might think you have, um, but you can't always do that in in every round in the draft. So, you know, I think it depends. Like maybe near the front of the draft, you're you're looking to to, to solve maybe a need and get the best player. Um, but as the draft goes on, I mean, I think you're you're trying to look for the best player that that can come in and and offer competition to the players that you have on your team. That. I'm assuming you feel the same way. Oh, about that. Yeah. That was yeah. Well, well, and that's said. not, that's not really a
2: change, right. From previous approaches in your organization. Not, not necessarily.
1: No. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Next question. Danny Austin, please go ahead.
0: Thanks. Guys, just to follow up on that a little bit. Um, Speaking to other jams, they have said that it has made it a little bit more challenging, that there is just sort of more NFL interest for top Canadians. So how does that impact when you're sort of looking at those maybe top 10 to 15 guys? The fact that, you know, they may not be around for a couple of years, but if they do come back, they're, they're, they're probably going to be sort of real impact players.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely, uh, through the process, you kind of, Definitely weigh that, whether you know you use some of your your relationships in the NFL and try to get a gauge through them and, and the, the players' agents and, and even the players themselves, just kind of what their future uh, might look like down there um, and try to make the best decision for them. Obviously, you get to know the players, and, and if they do have an opportunity, you'll be excited for them. Um, but, you know, come draft day, you do have to weigh have to- it a little bit. Um, but at some point, I mean, we're going to we're going to want to draft players that uh, that can come in and, and compete for our team.
0: And I guess for for, for Coach O, sitting out here in Calgary, I, I'm looking at this East division and uh, there's no bad teams, that's for sure. <laughs> Are you expecting it to be a really sort of competitive, uh, you know, grind of a year? Yeah, but we would expect that any year. And that's just not a, a blanket statement. So, you know, I believe that this type of this time of year after free agency, especially Danny, that, you know, everybody got better on paper. They really did. And to start predicting, you know, which division and, and how tough it's going to be um, you know, that that's for the outside in, but um, I just always look at it the same every year. And that is that everybody got better. They, you know, and everybody might not have got what they wanted, but everybody's better on paper and they're going to look to do that uh, through the draft too. So everybody um, is going to have a, a great shot. Um, I'm excited about the season in general. Um, I just know this that every year there's three teams that don't make the playoffs that don't have a chance to win a championship. And so the first goal is always to not be one of those teams. Thanks. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Tony. Next question, Justin, dunk go ahead.
2: Hey guys, I'm curious how much of a surprise it was to see G. Garrett Davis go down the QEW, just because it seemed like he was so comfortable there
0: in his time as a tie cat. Um, I mean, players earn the right, you know, to be free, right? So when they um, get that opportunity, there's always a chance that you can lose players in free agency. So um, I wouldn't say that is a surprise because if a player gets to free agency, anything can happen and um, demands their lives, everything changes, right? It's not simply, I know from the outside in, it's always just about football or the team or wherever, like, you know, a player like Jager going to start no matter where he goes. Right. So um, you know, he's a, a player that we, we coveted. That's why he was here. Right. So uh, I'm never surprised because everybody's, got different reasons for wanting to change atmospheres, right?
2: Yeah, and for Speedy B, what was kind of the process that led to you parting ways with him, and what's it going to be like to see him wearing double blue? I think for a lot of Ticats fans, that's going to be a little different.
0: Yeah, we've already addressed the Speedy B situation. Um, utmost respect for, for Brandon. Uh, it will be different. I'll, I'll answer part two for sure there, Justin, that uh, it'll be different to see Speedy in, uh, in the double blue. Uh, I guess we're going to see them a lot, uh, t- meaning Toronto this year. Um, but, you know, the relationships go beyond the feet on the field. Um, you know, I, lo- I love Brandon and his family as, as people. And uh, I can't tell you, you know, I better be able to tell you the emotion and the feeling uh, when I actually see him warming up on the other side of the field.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you. Next question, Chris O'Leary,
1: please go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, Rwando, you've had a lot of change in the, uh, the organization over the offseason. Um, what do you want the interview room to look like this weekend at the Combine? What do I want it to look like? Yeah, like just in terms of how you approach those interviews. I know, I know sometimes you know teams really like to grill the players. Uh, other times it kind of just feels like a standard sort of job interview. Like, What, what kind of atmosphere do you want when the, when the prospects come in?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, I'll, I'll say that first and foremost that Drew does a fantastic job and that's not because he's sitting here. He's run the, the draft since I've, I've been here in Hamilton. So from that standpoint, nothing's going to change. And I think just as a general statement, we're trying to create an environment where they're comfortable, where the person can be their most authentic self, right? Not um, something that they're trying to impress or something like that. So we're trying to get an honest eval uh, on them the same way they are on us, you know, so uh, we're not trying to trick anybody or, or you know, this is their time to shine. This is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for them. So that's just an overview. Uh, as far as, you know, the details and the fine fixtures, we always keep those in-house. But um, we, we want them to be comfortable. We, we understand that there's nerves that are always there to be had. But uh, we're prepared. And, you know, we have a process that we'll go through. And it, it probably won't waver a lot uh, from what it's been in the past. And my last question for Drew, Um, you've done this
1: for a long time. You you, uh, have looked at Canadian talent for for a number of years. Uh, Maybe a bit of a broad question, but how would you assess this draft class? Um, Yeah, I think uh, we're excited about it. I think there's some talented players kind of uh, in each position group. Um, So, you know, I I think it's going to be a great draft. All right, perfect. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. One last one. Justin, go ahead.
2: Oh, I don't know if you've actually been asked this, but like since you've been promoted, uh, what's that been like? And, you know, there was some some of the rumors around Washington and maybe even Fresno State. But like uh, how much did that promotion play into you staying in Hamilton and how did that whole play out?
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a lot different, to be honest with you. And that's mainly because we've had people move on in the organization. And that's what happens when you have great people. Right. From our strength and conditioning coach to our head therapist, to our director of communications, our director of football operations. So from that way, you know, you know, I would pat the guy on the back who's next to me here, like um, the two of us really had to roll up our sleeves. The building was kind of bare, to be honest with you, Justin, in the beginning, uh, until we were able to get Ed and Spencer on board. And um, I've just been proud of uh, how everybody's rallied, but it's definitely been different. It hasn't just been being a head coach, but uh, the specifics would be just in part because we had some movement within our organization. So does
2: that mean now that you have final say, like you're sort of a GM head coach, so to speak, you would see in other organizations or how would you categorize it?
0: Yeah, we, we understand how we're going to operate from within and we don't feel like we have to divulge how we go through our decision and process making uh, to the public. Uh, we have a, a great working environment. We're very transparent and, you know, we, 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 we really have a transformational environment, Justin, to be honest with you, uh, where we're collaborative with it um so you know we're, we're very comfortable with where we're at and the bottom line is we're, we're three months new into this that's that's basically where we're at so uh the best is the best is ahead of us and like i had mentioned earlier surrounded with with great experience um and we make decisions collectively uh in our organization
2: thanks for your time guys
0: thank you thank you sorry one last one dave naylor please go ahead You're on mute yeah, I'm muting myself there uh guys, Jamie Newman, a quarterback you signed uh, out of Wake Forest, who I guess was with the Eagles uh, last summer uh what can you tell us about him and uh is is the number two job a competitive situation in training camp, or is that Matthew Schultz? you want to talk to about Jamie? I can refer to the other or- yeah, sure. We-
1: we, uh, we'd had Jamie on the necklace for a little while and, uh, you know, we're excited to get him. Um, he's a athletic kid, um, good arm strength, uh, good football intelligence. So we're excited to, to add him to the group, um, next uh, season.
0: And I'll just add that, you know, I've been on, zoom, you know, Tommy, uh, was on the zoom call with Jamie and, it uh, seems like a great guy. Student wants to learn what we're doing already, uh, to answer your, uh, question directly uh, David there's competition at every position right so that's that's what we try to create so um, you know I don't think there's any secret that Dane Evans will be the guy that will run out there with our A group at the start of training camp hundred percent but after that there's there's competition at every position so um, I'm excited to see what, what that looks like and you know you know we also have Jalen Morton signed and so it'll be uh, it'll be a highly competitive camp, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. What I'm not looking forward to, Dave, to be honest with you, is trying to figure out how you divide all those reps up amongst all the competition we're going to have in camp. And that's not just at the quarterback spot, but that's in uh, a lot of places. That's always the toughest part. Thanks. Just one more, and this is this is not so much a question about Trey Ford as it is a question about making the transition to the professional level at quarterback at a U sport. Like so we've seen a number of Canadian quarterbacks get some opportunity of late, but most of them are guys that have played in in the NCAA. You know, Trey's trying to make this leap, uh, you know, from from U Sport. What what are the challenges for a quarterback do you think coming from U Sport to to the CFL or, or in his case, you know, trying to get interest from in the national football league?
1: Touch on that, Drew. Yeah, I mean, um, I think maybe from a like schematic standpoint, I mean, he's gonna have to learn a different playbook and you know, maybe go through game plans that change from week to week. Um, and then also just the, the game speed um, is going to be a lot different, you know, just in terms of his timing, anticipation, all those kinds of things, throwing different routes. Um, so I think it's it definitely going to be an adjustment, but uh, you know, you, you look forward to uh, to seeing uh, how he does it. Um, we had him uh, a number of years ago, I think, 2019 through the, the youth sports uh, QB program and training camp. Um, so we got to know him through that and, you know, he's had some experience uh, throwing to, uh, to CFL players already. So.
0: I would just say it'd be just game speed also, right? There's lots of, but that's an adjustment for a lot of players coming from, from youth sports, right? It's just, they, it's nothing against them. It's just, they, it's hard to be prepared for that, right? Thanks guys, appreciate it. Sure. Good luck. To see you. Thank you.